Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today, I want to return to a subject that I have spoken on several times before, and that is the power of understanding your money personality or your money archetypes. Our relationship with money can be an emotional one. And the extent of that emotion and our behaviors as a result of those emotions coming up is largely dictated by our money archetypes. I often liken our money archetypes to being like board directors, where we are the chairperson of the board and our money archetypes are our board directors. The more we can understand our board directors, their strengths, their weaknesses, their challenges, their gifts, the more we can make an intentional decision with regards to which board director to go with, depending on the decision that we need to make. When we react to something emotionally, we don't always do so from a balanced perspective. We can have a tendency to react to something with a knee-jerk reaction. And that's not always helpful. And it certainly doesn't give us the desired result. However, the more informed we can be with regards to our behavior and our relationship with money, particularly when we feel backed into a corner or feel we want to utilize money to medicate ourselves, the more we understand why we're doing that, what the result is, and how actually we can react in a different way by leaning into a different money archetype, then the outcome can be a positive one and can be completely different from just going by our emotions. So what I wanted to do today is to talk through in a little bit more detail each of the eight money archetypes. And if you don't already know what your three money archetypes are, because we individually all have three out of the eight money archetypes that are driving our relationship with money. There is no ideal archetype or archetypes to have present in that relationship. But by understanding the makeup of our own money personality, our own three money archetypes, 
that are driving that relationship with money, then that allows us to make an informed decision with regards to how we're going to act and react in different situations. So if you are listening to this podcast and don't already know what your three money archetypes are, can I invite you to pause the podcast and go to the link within the show notes that will allow you to complete the assessment. There's something like 60 questions. It'll take between seven and eight minutes to complete. Take that assessment, find out what your three money archetypes are, and then come back to the podcast as I will go through each of our money archetypes in a little bit more detail. But you will also get very similar information as a result of taking the assessment. And this will also give you the opportunity to go back and review that information at leisure and allow it to percolate and for your subconscious to start to really understand what is going on for you in that relationship. Our money archetypes are powerful. And I don't think I really understood how powerful they were until I started to go through the accreditation that I now have as a money archetypes practitioner. And I'll be honest with you, at the start of that training, I was questioning whether or not I actually believed in the power of understanding your money archetype. I think I probably questioned it as being a little bit woo, but actually it is completely not woo whatsoever. When you understand your relationship with money and understand your money archetypes that are driving that relationship, actually it really does empower you. It puts you in the driving seat of the decisions that you make regarding money going forward and also allows you to understand the impact and the reasoning behind why you have made decisions previously. Our money archetypes have the ability to help us to really, really understand which of our behaviours around money are just not helpful and not serving us. And it also allows us to understand the strengths and gifts of those archetypes as well, which really do serve us and really do help us and allows us to make decisions that are going to move us forward and in turn allow us to move our business forward. And having this knowledge, allowing yourself to become truly informed with regards to your relationship with money rather than simply feeling, that's just the way I am. That was how I was born. That's just my characteristics. Instead, you will start to have an awareness of the changes you want to make in that relationship. Now, each of the eight money archetypes has challenges, has strengths, has gifts. And by us understanding what they are, we can powerfully start to decide how we want our relationship with money 
to be and how we want that relationship to work for us. And it's been fascinating to me and for my clients to actually see how accurate the results are when we take that assessment and start to understand each of our money archetypes in far more detail. It's actually very, very empowering when you can look back on previous decisions that you have made about money and when those decisions have almost felt as though they have been taken out of your hands, where they've been made by a part of you that you did not necessarily feel fully in charge of. For example, you had a rough day, you've had an argument with a partner, you're out shopping, you see yet another pair of black heeled shoes and you go and buy them. And you get home and you think, why did I buy another pair of black shoes? I've already got several pairs. And you realise that you were utilising shopping simply to medicate how you were feeling at that point in time. And now you're suffering from buyer's remorse. And those shoes either get pushed to the back of the wardrobe or you go back to the shop and you get a refund. We can also put ourselves in the position of feeling that we deserve it and we go out and celebrate every small thing by making a purchase. Now, I'm absolutely up for celebrating and encourage celebrating every small thing. But that does not mean going out and buying stuff just for the sake of it. There are so many other ways to celebrate that doesn't cost anything. But when we feel we deserve it, when we feel we want to spoil others and do so in a way that could financially put us at risk because we're putting that purchase onto a credit card or it's simply not something that we actually really need or will use. It was just a moment in time, an emotional reaction to other things going on then us actually questioning, do I really need this? Or should I do something else instead? Then that empowers us because we actually make an intentional decision. And in everything that we do with regards to our relationship with money, which includes obviously spending money, we need to be looking at intentional decisions. Because when decisions are intentional, we're taking responsibility for them. And when we're taking responsibility for them, then it is much more likely we're giving thought to that decision. So I'm now going to go through each of the eight archetypes and I'm going to give you more information with regards to each one. So I hope you have paused this podcast if you don't already know what your eight your eight, what your three money archetypes are. There are eight in total. So if you don't know what your three are, then simply pause this podcast, go to the assessment in the show notes, take the assessment and come back to me in seven or eight minutes to actually get full information with regards to each of the archetypes. So the first one I'm going to talk about is nurturer. And a nurturer is your inner sponsor. A nurturing archetype is a, or a nurturer is a name we're all very, very familiar with in terms of the characteristics that a nurturer has. But I'm going to go through them from the perspective of your money archetype. So as a nurturer, you would be likely to appreciate money. 
Yet you feel you need to overgive for every penny that you bring in. You have a natural generosity, and this includes wanting to protect, shelter, or nurture others financially. You are responsible with your personal finances, but you often attract people who need your help financially and otherwise. You're also lightly motivated to give generously to help others, which is often at the sacrifice of yourself. So in other words, you will financially support those who come to you for your help, even though in reality you can't afford to support them. So you are giving to them at the cost financially of your own security. You'll have good money habits, but you either don't have much saved or you may carry debt because of the fact you are so generous in helping others. The self-worth for a nurturer comes from compassion, giving and being there for others. And you'll possibly find it painful to set financial boundaries with people that you care about. And because of this, you can be taken advantage of financially by other people and start to feel secretly resentful because what you give is not reciprocated by others. And you also find asking for what you're worth requires every ounce of the courage that you possess. So that can be, as you will probably recognise, a really difficult trait to manage when you are running your own business. But when you start to realise that it feels uncomfortable for you, then you can start to do the work to find out how to make it feel more comfortable. And you also can tend to create emotionally entangled, dependent financial relationships, which, although you don't intend this to be the outcome, and consciously, they will actually disable the people you want to help. Rather than making them independent, it starts to make them dependent and starts a chain of them not being resourceful and not finding the way to become more resourceful. Now, when it comes to our money archetypes, the fact that we our relationship with them is guided by three out of the eight archetypes, means that we are going to be a blend of the three archetypes. So you're not necessarily going to recognize all the characteristics of a nurturer present in your relationship with money because they will, that relationship, your money personality will be a blend of all three of your money archetypes. But you can have the prevalence of one archetype being more dominant, particularly the behaviours of that archetype being more dominant than others. That is why it's important to really understand the characteristics of all three and where those characteristics might be causing you a problem in your relationship with money. As I mentioned, all of the archetypes have strengths gifts, challenges. And the more that we can understand them, the more we can intentionally lean away from the money archetype that is not serving us in a particular situation and lean into the money archetype 
that will serve us in a particular situation. So the strengths of a nurturer, they will be giving, devoted and reliable. Their gifts are extremely generous. They give fantastic value and they're loyal. But the challenges a nurturer will have is feeling the need to rescue other people, not putting themselves first. In fact, very often putting themselves at the very bottom of the pile and therefore putting themselves in the very danger they're trying to protect others from. And there can also be a tendency to feel resentful or become a martyr because of their need to support and look after others. When it comes to each of the archetypes, I want you to be considering a reframe, a different approach. So for nurturer, it's to actually think about how can you care for others by empowering yourself? So in the case of a nurturer who will overgive, who will potentially put themselves in harm's way financially by overgiving to others, then to actually think about, well, how how could I help that person without it being financial? And that leads into an alternative money mindset to actually think about, an empowering money mindset. So creating clear money boundaries is a powerful way for me as a nurturer to demonstrate my caring. I'm going to repeat that. Creating clear money boundaries is a powerful way for me to demonstrate my caring. So in other words, to think about what else can I do to help that person other than provide them with financial resources. I could be a sounding board. I could sit down with them and brainstorm ideas for them to be more financially independent. I can allow them to run ideas past me and to see whether those ideas are appropriate to help them get out of the situation they might be finding themselves in more frequently. So that's information on a nurturer. The next one I want to talk about is the alchemist. And the alchemist is your inner idealist. Alchemists, as the name suggests, are attracted to unconventional or different ways of making money. They care more about social justice and leading a movement than they actually care about making money. But they can have a love-hate relationship with money because of that. They can also find themselves relying on others for financial support and feeling inwardly vulnerable or insecure about their ability to create their own income. They do find it easy to empower others to believe in themselves, which attracts other people to them because they are cheerleaders. They're also talented at attracting money in unusual ways. And they believe that there is an unfair balance of of wealth in the world but they never seem to have enough money to support the causes that are really important to them. And that can be a massive place of frustration for somebody with the alchemist money archetype amongst their three. So to think about the strengths and the gifts and the challenges of an alchemist, as I've mentioned, they can be idealistic. 
they're also transformational when it comes to helping people increase their belief in themselves. And they are daring. As far as their gifts are concerned, they are great at creating ideas. They absolutely love championing other people. And they very much see possibilities and believe in the art of the possible, something I talk about frequently. Although an alchemist, money archetype, is not one of my top three. As far as challenges are concerned for an alchemist, they can have a tendency to rely on others for financial support. They can feel judgmental about money. That old phrase, you know, money is evil. Um, and also they can be, they can discount or rebel against creating good habits around money and setting themselves financial goals. And that's something that alchemists really, really need to be aware of. So for alchemists, a reframe would be to think about how they can transform ideas because creating ideas is something they are really, really good at. How can they transform ideas into their own financial success? And a reframe, an empowering money mindset for alchemists to consider is the more I do well in the world, the more I can help others do good, which means the more that they can grow their own business, their own financial resources, the more independent they can become, the more able they are to support others. And that's very akin to the affirmation, the more people I help, the more money I earn, the more money I earn, the more people I help. And that for alchemists is a real way to shift from that reliance they can have on others, that lack of independence they can have when it comes to their own financial security and creating that security for themselves. So actually by empowering yourself to think about the more I can become independent, the more I can become financially secure, the more I can do what I love, and that is to support other people. The next archetype I'm going to talk through is the accumulator. And when it comes to being an accumulator, this is an archetype very much around saving money. There will never be a rainy enough day for accumulators to feel more comfortable spending money than saving money because accumulators love, love, love to save. And they can tend to judge others for their own poor money habits. And that's in part because they have a real emotional connection, a real love, joy, happiness about saving money. But they can feel anxious, worried, or really reluctant to spend money. And that's not a good habit to have when it comes to investing in themselves, investing in their business, and of course, investing in their future. Because of this, accumulators can have a tendency to be frugal or tight and overthink purchases that other people may just not think twice about, particularly 
when it comes to spending on things that are going to help them to grow the very things they want to grow. Accumulators will shy away from doing that and will actually overthink on those things they should be spending on in order to grow and increase their finances and their competent feelings with regards to how they can utilize money to actually make more money. As an accumulator, there'll also be a tendency to always live well below their means. Again, because of that wanting that financial cushion. And they'll often consider items or services as a luxury that the majority of us would really consider to be commonplace. As an accumulator, it's very, very unlikely you're going to be in debt. And because it's a well-practiced skill, you are amazing at saving money. But you are driven out of a fear of being dependent or losing that personal freedom. And that's what drives you towards saving. So you don't necessarily get any joy from saving. It's more it removes that fear for you. And that's something to be aware of. However, accumulators are very conscientious. They're trustworthy individuals and they are disciplined. They have the ability to save really easily. And because of this, they're really good at creating financial independence from others and being financially responsible. But the challenges that an accumulator needs to be aware of, they can be secretive with regards to their finances, have a lack of trust and not be particularly generous. Coming back to what I said with regards to being seen as being a bit tight. They can also be obsessive or compulsive. And again, this is something to be aware of. And they can have a real sense of guilt or doubt about investing, which leads them to shy away from doing that. And if we are not investing, we're not growing, essentially. We're not growing as individuals. There's an inability to grow our business if we're not investing in it. And if we're not investing in ourselves or in our business, ultimately, we're also not investing in our future. So a reframe for an accumulator is to think about respecting the power of money by investing to to create freedom, but also a reframe around the natural money mindset for an accumulator is to say yes to opportunities because opportunities create wealth. And it is that wealth creation by investing and by saying yes to opportunities that's going to have an accumulator safely leaning away from their natural tendencies, which are not going to be supporting them as far as their future self is concerned. It's saying yes to those opportunities that very much are. The next archetype I'm going to talk about is connector. And a connector, as the name suggests, is really, really good and able at helping others to create long-term relationships that can 
generate income. They're very, very happy when somebody else is making decisions, though, particularly financial decisions for them. They can have a tendency to bury their head in the sand, just hoping that somebody else will make that financial decision for them, which is completely the opposite of empowerment. As a connector, you wish you didn't have to think about making or managing money. You're quite happy to devolve that whole responsibility to somebody else. And that can cause tension you know, in relationships with other people, both in their personal lives and their business lives, because they will not be the one to go ahead and take that decision. Instead, they will just simply leave it to other people. And that can make other people feel as though they are carrying a connector rather than them being an active participant in that personal or business relationship. Connectors are likely to be motivated because of this by a need to be taken care of, both in terms of their finances and also creating, because of this, financial dependence, which is not healthy for a sense of self-worth or self-value when you are constantly relying on other people. And because of this, you can have a tendency to avoid your own money situation and hope that somebody will come in, wave a magic wand and resolve the situation for you, which of course we know is not likely to happen. You also can easily allow others to make you feel disempowered or inadequate about money, but that's because of your inability to want to find out more for yourself. You would rather simply shy away from empowering yourself with facts and figures around your own financial situation and around how to improve that situation. So, of course, in handing over that power to somebody else or somebody else, then the end result of that is going to be you feeling disempowered. As a connector, you're more likely to care about real heart-to-heart connections than you are about making money. And you believe that actually it's okay. I don't need to worry about it because I'm always going to be taken care of financially. So you're trusting in something, but you're not trusting in yourself. You're trusting in someone or some bodies, but you're not trusting in yourself. Again, that is taking a power away from you and will probably lead to feelings of negative self-value, self-worth and self-talk as well. So the strengths a connector has is they're trusting, innocent and resilient. Their gifts, they don't overly stress about money. They don't overly worry about it. They have real faith and optimism that it will be there when they need it. And they're really, really good at developing fantastic relationships. But it's quite clear that as a connector, the challenges that you're going to face is a lack of financial independence, too much reliance on other people, simply not feeling empowered when it comes to your relationship with money and feeling overwhelmed even with the most basic facts around financial details. 
So an alternative thinking and that alternative thought or reframe for a connector is to start empowering your own financial independence through the value of the relationships you are creating, utilizing those relationships to help create that financial independence that is going to allow your sense of self-worth and self-value to start to soar. And an alternative money mindset for connectors is the more comfortable you can get with money, the more you will empower yourself. So the more comfortable you get with money, the more you will empower yourself. So for connectors to take back that power, to take back their own management of their finances and to understand the power in doing so and how that will allow you in turn to utilise and to serve those very relationships that you are good at putting in place. The next one, celebrity. And this is your bigger, your inner big shot. A celebrity is a very charismatic archetype. People are drawn to them because of that charisma. However, celebrity archetypes can have a tendency to value money as a tool to achieve the status, the image and the recognition that is so important to them. They will look the part. People will look at them and they'll see success. They have no problem spending money to enhance that image, which includes designer brands, on-trend clothing, entertaining, and of course, lots and lots of bling. A celebrity loves to stand out in a crowd and they really enjoy impressing others. It's likely that as a child, they didn't receive the approval or unconditional love or positive opinion from people who were important to them as a child. But they have developed over time that charismatic and magnetic personality that draws people to them. They really value being recognised as being generous. They also love to project that image of wealth and success. However, and this is a big however, this does not match their bank account. The lifestyle that people are assuming that they have, the image that they are projecting, is not funded as a result of success. It's actually funded on debt, on credit cards, on an overdraft. Their business very often means they have to be visible and they have to make a good impression. And in order to do that, a celebrity feels they have to look the part as well. They feel that by showing wealth, they will protect themselves from any negative comments or judgment from others. The strengths that a celebrity has, as I've mentioned, they're very magnetic. They're confident and they, they're radiant and they radiate that confidence in their personality. They tend to be great leaders. They love supporting and helping others. And that makes a great impression. And they absolutely adore standing out 
in a crowd. But when all of that is not funded by the success in their business, it can lead to many challenges, not least compulsive spending for always chasing the next thing that's going to make them look good. They absolutely can value status above financial security. So their success, their perceived success is very much built on a house of sand, a house of cards that can can crumble down around them because it is not built on strong financial foundations. And spending to spending on their appearance is done to medicate feeling less than or feeling criticized by others. So an alternative reframe for a celebrity archetype to consider is accumulating wealth by being admired and valued in the world. So actually looking at what they can do to turn around their financial circumstances to create that wealth, which in turn will draw people to them because they have created a business based on success and a lifestyle as a result of that success, rather than what is happening currently, it's being paid for by debt. And an empowering money mindset for a celebrity is increasing how much they love, accept and believe in themselves. And by doing so, demonstrating their ability to create that wealth for themselves. So increasing how much I love, accept and believe in myself is priceless. The next one that I very much resonate with because ruler is my top archetype. Um, and as a ruler, you have a strong desire to achieve, a strong desire to build a successful business. As a ruler, you, you never feel satisfied. You've made enough. You're continually challenging yourself to achieve higher financial goals. Your business dominates most of your time and attention. You find it hard being outside of your business, such as your love of working on and in your business. You can have a tendency to fear losing control of your money, your power and your identity. And you can sometimes hide not feeling good enough behind overachieving ambition and a quest for more. Rulers are natural and really passionate leader people. They are people that others want to follow. And this can give them a sense of prestige and a reputation that they find very, very attractive. They believe in creating happiness both now and in the future. But this can have a tendency to lead rulers to overwork because they they constantly have their eye on the future, this time next year, in five years' time, in 10 years' time. So they never, ever get to the goal and stop there. It's constantly pushing that goal further and further out and constantly raising the bar so there can be a lack of satisfaction when they reach that goal. But rulers love empowering others. And they love utilising their business to help and support the lives of others too. 
and they have a need to create, which they thrive on. They thrive on creating, on innovating, and want to build something of lasting value, something that leaves a legacy, something that will help others. And they also feel safe and protected from danger by accumulating financial resources. They, they share that tendency with accumulators. And because of this, there can be a reluctance to pull money out of their business, but they're often cautious about spending. Now, whilst I have the ruler amongst my archetype, I also have romantic. And my romantic characteristics help to balance out a lot of the more negative perceived traits of a ruler. So I am comfortable with investing. I am comfortable with spending money, but doing so in a balanced way because I recognize the tendencies of a romantic, which I'm going to come on to shortly. As far as the strengths of a ruler are concerned, they're courageous, they have vision, and they're very, very determined. They are really good at creating an empire where they bring people with them. Everybody thrives in the business of a ruler because a ruler does not want success to be a singular thing that they achieve. They want everybody working with them, collaborating with them. That's what makes them great collaboration partners is they want everybody to thrive in the same way that they are and their businesses. They're very good at innovating um, and coming up with a new, new, exciting ventures for growth opportunities. And they're very, very decisive. When they make a decision, they follow through and they're really good at creating value. But the challenges a ruler can have is not indulging in enjoying life in the moment because they're always focused on that future goal. They can stop themselves from enjoying the here and now. I'm not going to go on holiday because I'm going to, what I'm creating is going to allow me to do X in the future. They're always chasing a moving money target. So when they reach that next target, they can have a tendency to not stop and appreciate and enjoy, but to move on. And there can also be a tendency to feel that there's not enough money. So, so an alternative way for rulers to think about things is to innovate, achieve and empower wealth with grace and ease. In other words, to enjoy it to not force it, to not push it. And an empowering money mindset or a reframe to the natural tendencies of a ruler, I fulfill my destiny by achieving prosperity and leadership with grace and ease. Again, not forcing things, enjoying what you are building, enjoying it in the moment of building it and creating it, and taking a time to appreciate and reflect on what you have achieved so far before having that driving need to move on to the next thing. I'm going to go on to romantic next because this also is amongst my top three archetypes. And you will see here how 
by me having the knowledge around my own money archetypes, I'm able to balance out those traits that could be causing me problems in my relationship with money. So romantics are described as your inner hedonist. The, 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 the romantic archetype is described as your inner hedonist. Um, and this is because romantics tend to feel gratification and pleasure around buying simply because they feel like it. They're worth it. They dislike feeling a slave to money. Instead, they like to use it to enjoy the good things in life. They believe that money is there to be enjoyed and are not very keen on that two-letter word of no. They don't see the point in saving and they believe that life is to be enjoyed. So as you can see there, utilising my own example, a ruler doesn't like to spend money. They like to keep money in the business. But actually, my romantic side is much, much more present when it comes to my relationship with money. I enjoy spending money, but I also appreciate seeing my money, my saving pots, my investments growing as well. So the negative tendencies of a money archetype are not always present in an individual. It's going to be elements. It's being aware of what those elements are and where they are serving you and where they are not serving you. And where you recognize they are not serving you, actually leaning into a behavior that will serve you, will empower you and support that relationship with money. A romantic will indulge themselves to feel special, to feel appreciated, loved or valued. But they'll often spend money simply because they feel they deserve it. And romantics can avoid making changes in their money behaviour, even when it would benefit others for them to do so. And again, being aware of that tendency allows you to lean into one of your other two money archetypes because you now recognize those tendencies that you have. It's a little bit like deciding to train for a marathon and having to forego chocolate biscuits because you only want to be fueling your body with healthy food. When you realize that chocolate biscuits are a real motivator for you, you can then make a decision that you are not going to be buying chocolate biscuits because if they're not in the house, you can't eat them. And therefore, you are giving yourself the best chance of putting nutritious food into your body to fuel your marathon training. And it's exactly the same when it comes to our relationship with money. The more that we can understand our natural tendencies and what are not serving us, then that gives us the ability to actually make an educated decision about what we will and won't do rather than doing it simply out of emotion or as a knee-jerk reaction. Romantics can tend to easily spoil the people they care about with lavish and abundant gifts. And again, be aware of that tendency because that can be at a financial cost to yourself. But romantics will also shrug off their, their bad money habits, telling just telling themselves they're not good with money. But again, as a ruler, 
a ruler is good with money. A ruler is good at saving. A ruler is good at understanding what's going on with money in their business. So you lean into that tendency rather than having that one blinkered approach of, I'm not good with money. And that is why it's so important to understand your three money archetypes in conjunction with each other, rather than just looking at one characteristic and saying, well, that's it. I'm lumbered with that now. Actually, it's balancing out that money personality. A romantic loves luxury, loves being abundant and loves everything about abundancy. And they will go after pleasure going on those expensive weekends away and looking to treat themselves. But the beauty for a romantic is because of that belief in abundance, they believe there will always be more. They are generous with others and they enjoy the things that money can buy. But they can be flamboyant in their spending. They can ignore or avoid anything to do with their finances And that is why for every single money archetype, every single person, I say, check your bank account daily. Because for lots of the money archetypes, actually doing that is not something that they feel comfortable with. But in doing it, it creates that empowerment. It creates that understanding. It gives you that information upon which you can take action. And romantics can have a tendency to spend money to mask feeling undeserving, unappreciated or loved, coming back to that whole thing of I'm worth it. So an alternative mindset for romantics is to create financial security whilst living life to the fullest. So it's not about not having things. It is about creating that balance. So saving, investing, creating those pots of money that then allow you to go and buy those things that you really want to buy, rather than it being something that you're doing to help you with other feelings. And then an empowering money mindset for a romantic is creating and embracing a secure financial future is a way you can in all you can always enjoy the best in life. So creating that financial security, which is your cushion, but allowing you to really enjoy those things that make you feel as though you really are living your best life. And then the last one is Maverick. And as the name suggests, a Maverick is your rebel without a cause. And a Maverick is attracted, no surprises, to get rich opportunities. They are willing to take a financial risk in exchange for potentially a big win. Maverick archetypes are very similar to celebrities in as much as they're happy to stand out in the crowd and they have real courage and tenacity when it comes to generating income for themselves. They can be rebellious and they can enjoy showing that side of them. A maverick doesn't really cave into or overly care about the opinion of others, but they are always looking out for how they can gain a financial advantage. Mavericks are really good at paying attention to the ups and the downsides 
of their numbers. So they're really, really good with numbers. And they have a tendency to be drawn to become the hero of the underdog, but doing so by modelling for them the art of the possible. So looking at others who are are not successful, but allowing them to start to believe in themselves because the maverick is showing them what is possible for them. The strengths of a maverick, they're clever, they're intelligent, they're flamboyant and they're charismatic. As you can see, very, very similar traits to a celebrity. But they're also really, really good at structuring deals, particularly those of financial complexity, because of their ability to understand numbers and paying attention to those numbers and the real detail around finances. And they also enjoy taking risks, as I've mentioned. But that can throw up all sorts of challenges for somebody with a maverick archetype. There can be secrecy or potential deception because of the risks they've taken don't always pay off. They can therefore gamble with their own financial security, such as their belief in chasing that bigger reward, such as their belief in taking that gamble with the security that is on offer. But they also can have a tendency to get up, to get caught up in feeling the need to win the approval of others, which again doesn't help to improve that sense of self-worth or self-value. So something for somebody with the maverick archetype amongst their top three. And again, I want to stress, it is the balance of our top three. So you're not going to recognise all the characteristics of a particular archetype as your money personality, the makeup of your relationship with money. What you are going to do is strongly see a number of characteristics, good and bad, in you in terms of your relationship with money. And it's understanding, again, those that are not serving you and how to approach a different way of doing things. So for a maverick, um, an alternative or a reframe for them is to balance the extreme risk that is at the heart of their personality, to balance those extreme risks with creating financial security. And the reframe with regards to their money mindset is sometimes the biggest risk is investing regularly in the tried and true. So in other words, trusting that you can save into things that are well tested. There's plenty of information with regards to good results and not feeling it always has to be a riskier venture for a bigger game. So that's given you hopefully you know, a good insight into each of the eight money archetypes Your relationship with money, you will probably identify, is based on three of those archetypes. If you haven't taken the assessment already, really, really encourage and invite you to do so and to really lean into and learn more about your own relationship with money. Because once you do, it's like turning on a light bulb. 
you will start to understand why you have the thoughts and feelings that you do around money, particularly when you get into certain situations, and to look at a healthier way and in a more empowering way for you to approach that relationship with money. So a longer episode than normal today, but I hope it was useful. I really think it's important for all of us to understand our relationship with money. And as yet, I have not come across one person who has done the assessment who hasn't said, wow, wow, that was insightful. Those three money archetypes really are me down to a T. And then by making an intentional decision to actually work out those things, those behaviours that are not serving you, you can start to make empowering decisions with regards to how you want your relationship with money to be going forward. So any questions at all, please do let me know. As I say, I really, really enjoy all the messages I get from you. And if you'd like to receive any more information with regards to how I utilise money archetypes in the one-to-one training and coaching that I offer my clients, then please drop me a message as I'd be really happy to share details with you. So until next time, thanks for listening in and take care. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.